Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977 or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. Go to Luke chapter 19. How many of this is your first time to Cornerstone? Raise your hand. Your first time. Come on, give them a great God bless you. Good to see you, man. Hallelujah. We're going to get a packet to you right there just to, if you'll fill that card out just so we can keep in touch with you. But um, we appreciate you being here. If you've not been to their restaurant, they got some good chicken wings. And so we appreciate them being here. Amen. And in this city. You with me? And we just declare that there's more to follow to come into this city. Great restaurants to come. Come on, y'all. All right. We don't need a... No, let me quit with that. Lord, let me stay in my right lane. Luke chapter 19, you there? Verse 28. I'm just going to just lay us out just a little bit of something and we'll get out of here, but there ain't no way that I could preach everything that's in me this morning. We've been in church literally since Friday night, and we got home last night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> and so we went to a, a prophetic intensive training, which was off the chain. And um, so, by God's grace and mercy, we're going to have maybe one set up here, and we'll be able to do that and just train people on how to speak the word of the Lord. Amen? All right. um, Let me hold my phone right there, love. I'm going to read something. I want to read this to you. Um, Y'all right? Listen to this. This is put out by, what's this pastor's name? Michael Miller. How many knows who Michael Miller is? He's a guy leading in uh, the uh, upper room movement in Dallas, Texas. Listen to this. The escalating divorce between American youth and religion is centered around two emergent generations. The younger millennials and the Gen Zs, the Generation Z. While both are leaving their mark on the nation's values and institutions, it is the Gen Z that is capturing most of the attention. This is because they are not only the youngest, but also the largest generational grouping on the planet the times as folk icon Bob Dylan once sang are changing whether we like it or not whether we recognize it or not whether we talk about it or not serious cracks are appearing in the foundation of western Christendom 
serious enough that if nothing is done to reverse this trend, the church as we have known it risks collapsing into irrelevance. If you think this sounds like hyperbole or sensationalism, it won't take long to realize that what the what if questions we asked just a few years ago have become today's what if. I was just watching, and if you watch any news, you might have seen this, but I seen it when someone tweeted it out that happened live in a town hall meeting in New York City that a lady stood up at a political gathering and begged the political candidate to run on this platform. And they said that the climate crisis and the Green New Deal is not moving fast enough. We must, we must do something now. And she started screaming out, screaming out that all of us is CO2 emitted. And, the, and she pulled her shirt off and she had another shirt under it. And this is what she said. She said, we must begin to eat the children. She said, we must begin and start eating the children on this planet to survive. Which 2 Kings chapter 6, we know that when we begin to eat children is a sign of a famine. But we as a church have been eating children for years because we put them on the back row hoping that one day they could become leaders. Instead of teaching and training them, come on, y'all. Don't make... (laughs) I'll be real nice. But, but Catholics believe if they can train a child by the time they're seven, in Catholicism, they will not leave. But see, we bring our, ch- our children to church on a Wednesday night hoping that a youth pastor can bring transformation what we fail to do all week in one hour. Listen, Stanton is not, the, he's not your child's youth pastor. You are. So when we, when, we, when we get that reality that he's not my child's youth pastor, I'm my child's pastor. Hello. Teaching and training begins at the house. So listen to this. Lord, I got to get right here. Y'all right? I'm just, just kind of opening your eyes up to those that don't look at things past sparks. According to Nielsen's data, Gen Z already makes up more than a quarter of the U.S. population and will soon account for 40% of the nation's consumers. This means Gen Zers would not simply influence culture. They will be the culture. Listen to this. It is important to note in this regard that the Gen Z is also the first post-Christian generation in American history. What does that mean? We are no longer a Christian nation. Y'all believe this, right? What is the fastest growing religion in this nation? The Muslims. Let me get back. It is important in this regard that the Gen Z is also the first post-Christian generation in American history. Only one in five teenagers now say attending church is important to them. While nearly 60% reject the notion of a single true religion. The percentage of self-identified atheists among the Gen Zers is double that of the U.S. adult population. How many knows we got our work cut out for us? 
Let me say with great confidence what I have that the Muslim priests don't have. I got the power of the Holy Spirit. Hello. My God is alive this morning, sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. Hello. I wish I had some people that's not ashamed of that. All right, people's already getting nervous. Let's just stick to the word. Look at this, Luke 19. After saying all of this, Jesus headed straight for Jerusalem. When he arrived at the stables of Ani, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples ahead, saying, when you enter the next village, you will find tethered there a donkey, a donkey's young colt. Look at this, that has never been ridden. Untie it. Bring it to me. And if anyone stops you, ask, what are you doing? Just tell him this. It is needed for the Lord of all. The two who were sent entered the village and found the colt exactly like Jesus had said. While they were untying the colt, the owners approached them and asked, what are you doing? Then the disciples replied, we need this donkey for the Lord of all. They brought the colt to Jesus. Then they placed their prayer shawls on its back. Oh, my God. Let me tell you what's rising up on the earth, that these Gen Zers, what's, what, what the news ain't showing you. They are gathered all across this nation seeking the face of God. This generation will be laden with the back of prayer like no other generation before them. Let me tell you something. They might not love religious, traditional games that are played on Sunday mornings. They might not like the necktie come on somebody, and they refuse to be tied down with religiosity. Are you with me now? But they love the presence of Almighty God. This generation will pray like any other generation that we have ever seen come. God will lay the prayer shawl on these young coats, and I'm telling you, and they will usher in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You can count on it, friend. This is why they, this is why they have been fascinated. They're fascinated. Google the top 10 books. Fascinated with Harry Potter. Fascinated with the supernatural. But yet the church won't train them how to operate in the supernatural. God is the author of the supernatural. Come on, somebody. Long before there was ever a Harry Potter, God had men to demonstrate signs, wonders, and miracles. God had a man named Moses. Come on, somebody. That would stand in front of musicians and soothsayers. Come on now. And when they would throw their rod down and it would become a stick, Moses would throw his rod down and it would, it would become a snake and it would consume their stuff the church is the one that has the gifts of the supernatural friend if we had prophets in the church that could prophesy the word of God we wouldn't have psychics bombarding the earth a psychic can't tell you nothing friend they operate on familiar spirits what I just talked to them about wasn't in the realm of now we were prophesying 10, 20 years into their life psychic don't know the future God is the only one that knows the future because he's Alpha Omega he's not Alpha and Omega he's Alpha Omega at the same time before he was yet he is come on somebody before and he always talks to us to where we're going not where we're at 
Yeah, yeah, yes. That's why you can be living in the miry clay and God calls you a great leader because he's always prophesying to your potential and what he sees in you. Aren't you glad of that, friend? Now, Jesus sends some disciples to go in to a city and get him a young colt that's unbroken. He'd never been ridden. This is our task as a church. How do you do church in life of the unbroken colt? See, most people scared of the unbroken colt. They'd rather ride an old mare knowing she ain't going to buck. This is the church. Listen to me. The church loves this. Religion has reduced the kingdom down to zoo life. When you go to the zoo in Jacksonville, the lion stands there and looks at you and lets you run his fingers through his mane. The eagle is hopping around on the ground, but in the real habitat, an eagle will never hop around on the ground. He's called the sword to the heights, friend. The deer in the wild habitat don't come eat french fries out of your hand. This is church life. It wants to be the zoo. But God has always loved the wild thing. It was when Isaac told Esau, go out to the woods and give me something wild. I don't want something that just comes on a regular domesticated buffet. I, love, I have an appetite for the wild things. So does God have an appetite for the wild things. That's why God is not concerned when church don't look like it's in control, like you think you should be in control. Listen to me. The perfect place that is in great um, order. Pastor, you know, we got to have things in order. Pastor, we need it in order. Let me tell you where there's great order. There's great order in front of Dorsey's. Everything is laid perfectly straight. The grass is cut at a perfect level, but there's absolutely no life laying in that graveyard. Let me tell you something, the things that look out of order to you, to a mom that walks upstairs and toys are scattered everywhere, crayons is written all over the wall, it may look out of order to you, but to a mom that's got three children running upstairs, everything looks perfectly fine to her. Life is happening. And if we're going to be a church that wants to have life happening, we have got to learn how to live in context of the unbroken cold. Now, let me say this. I, well, I want to preach, but I get calmed down a little bit. What we want, we don't want unbroken coats that are full of destiny. We just want little church people. <laughs> Notice Jesus. Now, let me just say this. I, I'm, I'm not a guy that's ever raised horses. I had some horses when I was little, and me and a friend of mine was riding these two horses. When I was probably about, I don't know, maybe John Ben's age or a little younger. And this dog come around the corner and my horse slammed on brakes and I went clean over the head of it. And then the other horse stomped me. So I realized then, Dad, we don't need no horse. We need something with an engine that I can control. But let me say this. I know this enough about horses and about donkeys, which this was a donkey, okay? A donkey is not stubborn as many would think. They're highly intelligent animals. By the way, have you ever seen a real donkey? What does he have down his back? He will have a cross down his back. Did you know that? Look at his hair. There'll be a cross on his back because the Lord wrote on one. Man. Oh, even nature teaches us. 
So the first thing in order to break a horse, what do you need or to break a colt? What is the first thing that must be developed? Hmm? Trust. He's not going to have anything to do with you until trust is developed. You understand? You got you up there feeding them pizza. Won't you give them something that's going to change their life? Oh, yeah, yes, oh, Lord. So to develop trust with that animal, what I have? Sugar cubes. I got apples in my hand. Oh, I just want you to eat this apple. Let me love on you a minute. At the same time, I'm easing the things and I'm introducing the things in him that's going to show him how not to just be a donkey, but how to pull a plow to be productive. I'm going to show him how to put a saddle on him where I can jump up on him and he can learn how to carry weight. But I've got to develop a relationship. Let me tell you something. The church wants to do all kind of ways to get growth. Let me tell you what will never fail. Love. Love never fails. And if we would learn how to love people, just who they are, it never fails. It is the old book that never runs dry. Just love somebody. So I just walk up there with a little sugar cube and I drop it in the mouth. Man, that's good. Maybe he's not, maybe I can trust him a little bit. This takes time. Now, all we know is Jesus sent him out. They done brought him back kicking and screaming. Let's just say this was an instant thing that happened. Maybe they had 10 minutes to accomplish this job. They going to get a donkey that has never been ridden. He's wild. He's unbroken. And he brings it back. And Jesus, with great faith, just got on him. I don't know how the story played out. Maybe when we get to heaven, we can look at the video. Maybe they had to develop time between them leaving the house. Maybe the disciples developed time with this colt and got him, got him familiar with humans and got him familiar with, 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 with the things needed to ride him in. I don't know. I just know this. We're never going to change a generation by being afraid. Listen to me, what you, all of us in here by nature love controlled environments. All of us in here by nature, what you fear, you try to control. But the kingdom never operates on fear, it operates on faith. And now let me tell you this, what we have got to get a revelation of is the power of righteousness. It is amazing to me how many believers are scared of something. I want to preach it how I want to, but I'm trying, I'm trying to make it palatable, okay? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm stirring it a little bit so we can swallow it without just throwing like whole steaks down us. You know what I'm saying? Cutting it in little pieces. Let me tell you this. Jesus was never worried. When he showed up at the land of Gadara in Mark 5, which is the most wicked man in the New Testament that was filled with thousands of demons, his team did not run out there and, 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 and thwart this man off from him and say, oh my God, don't touch, don't touch the man of God. Here he comes. Jesus lived with the, with, the, with the revelation of what was on his life would bring change. You with me now? Listen to this. If we believed in the power of righteousness, that just one touch. You ever heard the church sing that? Sing that? Just one touch, just one drop of blood, just one encounter. That's church, that's church lingo, right? Just one encounter changed your life. If we believe that, this is what I told Stanton about the kids that's on this property. 
I said, all I'm believing for is for one blade of grass to get stuck on this shoe. If that one blade of grass, because I got enough power, I've got enough belief in the power of God that if one if one word sinks down in there, come on somebody, if one word sinks down in there, listen, I have 52 in my class on Wednesday night, and you can ask Terry and Teresa, I rocked that thing, didn't I? We talked about eternal life, and we put the word of God inside of those kids, and we told them eternal life don't begin when you die, but it begins now. If you believe eternal life happens after you die, you've got a wrong version of that, the correct answer that's found in John 17, verse 3. This is eternal life that you may know the son of the living God and the father whom has sent him true knowledge of the son of God is eternal life friend and we are living eternal life right now hello we are not here waiting on the rapture to somebody and a heavenly helicopter to come get us out of our troubles we are living the best life available right now in eternal life so Here's a couple ways to approach this. Go to Acts chapter 20. Almost done here. Acts chapter 20. Look at this. Tell your neighbor these young colts are unbroken. Mine's unbroken. My own kids get wild if you ain't careful. Y'all don't do that, do they? Huh? I mean, we like being in a restaurant and these two right here start duking it out. Let me tell you what a kid knows way better than an adult does. They see fake a mile off. See, adults, just let, they listen for Christianese and they can sink right into it. But a kid sees the real deal. The real deal. They can spot fake. I, I, I could break it. Do nursery life. Put someone in there full of bitterness, full of anger in the nursery, and that baby will cry constantly in that nursery because it can sense it. Because that baby just came from the realm of God. Oh my God, come on, y'all. Huh? Acts chapter, I mean, Acts chapter 20, you there? What does Jesus say? Give me the unbroken coat. How many believe this is what he's going to ride? He's going to ride this generation regardless of what's printed. Come on now. Do you believe that in this room tonight? This generation is not going to look like any other generation. They're not going to do church the way we think church is done. Here's the way we do church. We do three fast, we do two fast songs, one slow song, take up the offering. We get up and preach something. Most people get up and pre- preach something, regurgitate it off the internet. We say, everybody stand up, by your head, close your eyes. If there be one in here that's lost, we slip up your hand where we can sneak you into the kingdom. Then we go eat chicken and go home. Wednesday night we come in. Take the same seat we took on Sunday. We said, knock it out, we'll go home. How many knows that I'm just, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being a little bit hard, but how many knows that there's a whole life above that? That you can wake up every day and you can have real relationship with the Holy Spirit and you can do amazing stuff. You with me? You can do amazing stuff outside the walls of the church. I remember one day we was in the vehicle and we pulled through the drive-thru at the bank. 
And as we pulled through the drive-thru at the bank, I felt the Lord tell me to tell the girl working in the bank at the teller to tell her the word of the Lord. So we pulled off, and I didn't do it, but I was man, I had to go back through the bank. And so, I mean, you don't know what people think. I don't know what they do. So I just looked at her right there, and I said, can I tell you what I feel like the Lord said? She said, yeah. Boom, hit her with the word of the Lord. I mean, she goes down in there crying, weeping. You know what I'm saying? People just looking at us like we're crazy. That's fun stuff. How many knows that's a whole lot funner than just coming and listening to a sermon and going to eat chicken and go home and not bringing any change? See, if we tell the kids, we spend an entire, listen, we spend an entire lifetime telling our children what they can't do. Why don't we just start prophesying into their life what they can do? Now, here's another thing. Why do you got, why are you preaching like this, Pastor? Why do you sound like you mad? No, I'm not, listen, I ain't mad at nobody but the devil. Listen here. We got to learn how to operate in some things. Joel 2.28 says this, In the last days God said, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. This is why overseas Muslims by the thousands are having encounters with God in their dreams. And they're going to people, who is the man in the white robe? Oh, that is Jesus. Prophets are standing outside a Muslim mosque. I'm telling you, this is happening every day. They're watching these Muslims go into these mosques and they stop. Who is the man in the white robe? That is Jesus. Oh, who is that? That's the son of the living God. Okay, tell me how I can find him. God's giving people dreams. How, how many here have dreams? Raise your hand. How many believe God's speaking to you in your dreams? In the last days, God said, I will pull my spirit on, I will pull my spirit out on the Pentecostals. God said, in the last days, I will pull my spirit out on the Methodist church. God said, in the last days. I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. That means the one sitting in the bar that goes against your religion. That means those in, that means Jehovah Witnesses. That means Salt Lake City, Utah, with the man with seven wives. God said, I'm going to pour my spirit out on what? All flesh. So what he's looking for is some grown-up believers that know how to interpret what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So he poured his spirit out on all flesh. What is a sign that the spirit is coming upon all flesh? Your old men shall what? Dreams. Dreams is a sign of the outpouring of the spirit. Listen to this. There's a lady that interprets dreams. I don't know how far I want to get in this. How many's ever heard of Burning Man that they have in Arizona? Probably one of the most wickedest things that happened in this nation. I mean, it's beyond wicked what they do out there. They set this big old wooden man on fire out in the desert of Arizona, all the New Agers and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, debauchery that is happening out there. There was a man by the name of John Paul Jackson, a prophet of God who died a few years ago. He used to go to that event every year. Now, he had a tent set out there. This is what his tent said. His sign said, Pentecostal preacher reading prophetic words. How many people you think went in his tent? None. That's why his tent didn't say that. His tent said, dream readings 
dream reading. I had a dream. Let me go in here. Listen to this. After the first day he was there, two of the leading warlocks came to him and said, man, whatever's on you is amazing. You're sucking up everything in the atmosphere. We can't even hardly get nothing because it's like there's a funnel. I mean, a, a whole tunnel of, of aura over your tent. I'm trying to tell you, the church that believes that there's, a, there's, a, there's light versus darkness is a weak revelation of who God is. If you believe that the devil, is, that God is struggling trying to overpower the devil, you, 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 you just got a weak revelation of who he is. When the disciples returned on their first day journey and said, the demons are subject to your name, Jesus looked at them and said, yeah, I beheld Satan like lightning falling from heaven. Every time y'all was laying y'all's hands on somebody, he was falling. Every time you kept... There is never, listen, when we get here on Sunday morning, you cut all the lights off in here, it's dark. They don't go to the power panel over there to cut the lights on and say, oh, darkness, would you please leave? The, the light just overpowers it and drives it out. This is the same way in your and our lives. Come on, somebody. You are the light of the world. What is inside of you drives the darkness out. When you walk in the room, the temperature changes, friends. You are the game changer. You are the closer. You are the one God is looking for to show up at that place. When I show up at a party, Come on, somebody. Or if I walk in a bar, I'm not afraid what's in that bar is going to get me. I'm, a, I'm telling you this. In reality, they should be afraid of what's in me is going to get them in that bar. This was the approach that Jesus did. This is why he could sit there with the drunkards and the tax collectors and the harlots and have no fear. Y'all right? Now. This lady goes to the high school. We don't get her to talk about dreams. They're in there laughing, not listening, punching one another, being what? Unbridled colts. They doing what they do. You believe, and Terry can testify to this, out of 52 kids in my class Wednesday night, I went five solid minutes without a peep. Did we not do that? Did we not do that? Complete silence. How did you make that happen? I said, we're going to play a game called Last Man Standing. Whoever's the last man standing that don't open his mouth, $5 bill. It's amazing what a sugar cube would do. Don't tell me it can't be done. <laughs> this is what she said in that classroom. This is what she said in that classroom. She said, who in here's had a dream? I, I had a dream. What was your dream? Tells her the dream. Let me tell you what God's saying to you. Listen to me right here, church. Listen to this. John Paul had a statement that is profound, and it was this. When God becomes real, when God becomes real to a person, transformation is assured. Let's say that again. I'm going to go to this side. I got some Pentecostals on this side. Listen to this. When God becomes real to a person, 
transformation is assured. You don't have to lead that person in a Bible study anymore. When God becomes real, when you believe that he is real, I said when you believe he is real, when you believe he is for you, when you are awakened to the reality of Almighty God that he lives and he wants to have a relationship with you, the transformation of your life is assured. Listen, and you don't have to worry about if you done if you moving along as fast as what Matt's moving. All you got to know is you in the river, baby. Come on, somebody. You have stepped in the lazy river when God becomes real to you, and he will change your life from the inside out. Religion always works from the outside in. Religion tells you put your cigarettes up, get everything out of your house, and then maybe try to come in. God says just bring your stinking self right on up in my house and sit down and eat my meal, and if I get in you, come on, somebody. I'll change you from the inside out. My God, that's good. Aren't you glad you serve a God that allows you to bring your brokenness, your mess, all your sin right up in his house, and he still says, I love you? My God, I will run through the wall. I got to go for time's sake right here. Listen, Acts chapter 20, there's a man by the name of Paul that is preaching the gospel in this house. The Bible says that they're at the third floor. They're in the third story preaching this and there's a man named Eutychus. I heard a man preach when I was a teenager. He said he was named Eutychus because you would cuss too if you fell out the window. I said window. We in South Georgia. We don't have windows. We have windows. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Have I not said, do not hinder the little ones. Have I not said, do not hinder the little ones, but allow them to come to me. Allow them to come to me just as they are. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me in this, for I am at work in your midst. I am at work in you and the little ones. I will do this. I will do the impossible if you will just only trust me. Just let me be me to them. Don't hinder them. Don't hinder them. Don't, don't hide them from me. Let me get, let me go after them. Let me, let me minister to them, saith the Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, have your way. Church, if you will, let's just get right here. Just get, 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 get low before the Lord. Come on, just get low before the Lord. And I might just play softly right there. Church, just get low before the Lord right quick. Come on, let's just ask him for love and compassion.
Let's ask him for love and compassion. Listen to me. Innovation. Innovation is bred by the necessity. Comfortability is an enemy. It is an enemy. It is an enemy of innovation and creativity. Father, we ask right now that you would fill us. You would fill us with love and compassion. Father, forgive us of our preconceived ideas. Forgive us of our judgment. Forgive us of our racism. Forgive us, Lord, of our division. Lord, help us to trust you this morning. Help us to trust you. Give us a heart to give and to sow into a generation that is lost. Father, don't let us put up walls. Don't let us put up division. And do not let us hinder the little ones. For your word says we're better to have a millstone hung around our neck and be cast into the sea than to cause one of the little ones to stumble. Father, you have set this church as a beacon and light in this city, in this region. Lord, let us be that. Let us be that. Jesus' name. Oh, yes, Lord. Listen, you can sit back in your chair right here. We're fixing to be done. Wednesday night, I had 52, 52 kids from 6 to 11 years old. It's the most we ran in that class. I needed two full-time referees and one teacher, and I was the teacher in there. Not one kid has been invited not one kid did we go out and say, would you please come to church? Do you understand that it is the Lord pulling them? Listen here. You said, well, they're coming for the pizza, man. You want me to, I mean, I can get you a panel next week of people that's in way larger cities than us. Well, I mean, sometimes I think people think I come out of nickels or something. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no education. Don't know how to run something. But it's amazing what a multi-million dollar company entrusted me to run for them. I'm not overwhelmed because there's 60 kids. And if that overwhelms you, then that's not your place. I said, it's not your place. If you're overwhelmed by looking at chaotic stuff, and it's not chaotic. I've been there. It's not chaotic. If it overwhelms you, then it's not your deal. 
Have you ever been overseas? Do you not think that it is chaotic when you run 50,000 or like Reinhardt Bunky, 1.4 million in one crusade? Come on. I'm not overwhelmed because there's 52 kids in my classroom. I am a grown adult that knows how to put structure and authority in a classroom. I understand that those age groups have to be separated. Because you can only hold someone's attention to their age limit maybe a minute. That's it. So you better have something popping. You with me? You can't go over there in the children's church room and say, Would you please turn to 2 Kings chapter 5? We're going to read tonight in the King James. <laughs> You've already lost him. He's like, man, look at this fat joker. He just don't know what the world is going on. You with me? So, by God's grace and mercy, we're going to break that age group up in the six, seven, and eights. The six, seven, and eights will be in one class. We've re- we have refinished the room upstairs. Thank God that Bats had an employee that donated two days, right? Two days of his time would not allow us to pay him. And he said, I just want to sow into it. I told Steve, I'm not good with that. I want to pay the man. He says, let the man sow into it. I wrote in the letter that we needed five vans. We do not have enough transportation to get these kids. And, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be... I understand, you know this by now that I'm not some Mickey Mouse and I'm not afraid of a challenge. You with me? But do you realize that we're taking kids, 11-year-old kids. Look right here. This is 11-year-old kid. There is no way that I would leave my house all night with this child staying at home. We took a kid... 11 years old, mama working three jobs and had to work that night and that kid's there to get herself up and get ready for school. Friend, we got a problem in this community. And if you think and if you think that I'm going to stay down here in some religious box, pray in tongues and lay hands on people and watch us jump around, come on somebody and get fat of the gospel, you've got a wrong thing. That's wrong thinking right now. Let me fully announce who I am. I am a man that loves the dirt. Are you with me now? I'm a man that loves a good challenge and I am a man that will follow God wholeheartedly and if God says turn left, we will be turning left, friend. All I can tell you is watch the way the line's going and march in cadence. We good with that? All right. So here's the thing. I have been in a multi-race church my whole tire in church life. I don't know what church looks like without it. So we broke that barrier years ago. Y'all to celebrate that because it don't happen every week on and every church. <laughs> so, with that saying, if you want to be a part, let me tell you that because who is over that? Stanton and Abby, stand up. And if you don't think they've not done a phenomenal job, you've lost your mind. 
They have done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. They deserve your prayers. Listen, don't you come up to them and catch them out of the walls of this church and tell them the way you think something should be run. If you can't pray for them and encourage them, don't you say nothing to them. I'm telling you as their pastor, they're doing a phenomenal job. I'm proud of them. I'm telling you, I am more than proud of what they're doing. They have taken an unbridled colt and about put the reins on that thing over there themselves. Now, let's, we're going to get out of here in just a second. <laughs> you know, he's like, this man's hollering, Daddy. Get us out of here. Listen, stay right here. We're almost done. If you want to be a part of that, if you want to be a part of the team that's helping lead the cult, I need you to see them. I need a teacher in the six, seven, and eights. Now, let's talk about this. I'm just doing a little bit of family business, and if you just want to close the live stream, I'm good with that because I'm fitting to do a little family business right here. Don't clap your hands and shout over the PB&J day when we can't even hardly get volunteers to hand out a sack lunch. Hello. Hello. You have to see the vision and see yourself in that. That vision is whatever I have to make adjustments in my life. If you are a person that loves comfortability, you will not make it in the days of head when revival hits. You will never live in it, friend. Just keep your comfortable lifestyle and don't want nobody to ruffle your feathers and continue to do what you do and you will receive the same results. You will be the same growth. You will be at the same growth rate you are in 2022 or you are today. But if you're willing to get by iron and let iron sharpen on you, you will start growing, friend. And you have to, there's never been a time somebody gave birth to something and it was real comfortable in there. The last child she birthed was Asher. I thought she was going to die giving birth. But we got a beautiful red-headed boy today. So here's the thing. Listen, don't, man. Yes, Lord. So my God, why is he talking about, because listen, I still believe in the one who called me here, and I do believe in the assignment that he gave me when I got here. Work on the men, work on the worship, and work on the children. That is the task we've been doing the whole time. We're just having to work. You with me? God's going to send laborers into this house to help provide for it. Are you with me? God's going to send abundance of resources to provide what we're doing. Do you believe that? You know what that means? That means you're going to get the greatest raises you've ever seen come in your life. That means God's going to bless your business beyond. About three people believe that. You got room to give. When I sat down with, with Shane at the, at the barbershop the other day, I left blown away. Can I just tell what you did for, even for 4-H? This man right here just get his business off the ground. Ain't even been able to at some parts, was not even able to take a check. But yet he sold three grand worth of stuff into the 4-H program in this county right here. That's an amazing thing. Come on, somebody. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know what he told me? Listen, listen before you clap. This is what he told me. We're not going to change the mind of an adult. 
but I can't change the mind of a kid, what they believe about guns in this nation. Come on, somebody. That's an amazing thing. Let me tell you something. I'm not here to change the mind of the religious icicle that's 60 years old that thinks he's some Bible theologian, but I can't get me a young coat and empower that young coat and say, run after God with everything you got. We had a youth pastor meeting with us this week. Came in. And he said, you know that one of the things that a youth group suffers is because when God starts expanding the youth group and starts doing things in the youth, that usually the pastor is either intimidated or he caps the resources off. <clears throat> we feeding 25 to 26 large pizzas a week on Wednesday night. Cut 10 ways so that each kid can get two slices. Right? Because every kid don't live like your kid. Every kid don't come home to mom and daddy with a meal on the table. A lot of kids in this county are waiting till the school opens up the next morning so they can get something off the breakfast line. That is a truth, friend. Meanwhile, us Pentecostals come, oh, ain't God good. Man, I'm sick of that kind of stuff. I'm sick of the church having a shout with no substance behind it. People don't care how much we speak in tongues, how much we prophesy until we're willing to inconvenience ourselves and get down there. Here's the other problem. People don't have enough longevity to keep sowing. It takes a while when you're working with the unbridled horse. There's days they want a buck. But there's days you make great progress. You celebrate the day that you make great progress. And let's just say this. If you think your child is hearing Jesus freak in the King James Bible when they walk down the halls of the school, I don't care whether it's private, whether it's Christian, wherever you got them, get your head out of the snow, friend. The church is not shaping this nation. Beyonce and Jay-Z are shaping this nation. Sports stars are shaping this nation. But let me tell you this. Gave me great courage, not because of what I've seen Stanton do. Not because I know he's a preaching machine. Not because I know he's a Bible thumper or devil dumper. It's when my eight-year-old comes in the house and says, I want to cut my hair just like Pastor Stanton. Because that's his idol. Hello. Let's raise a generation that hanging in their house. They got a fat head of the preacher. Come on, somebody. That's who I want to become. <laughs> now, it takes longevity. You're never going to have success if you don't learn longevity. In business, in life, in marriage, it, this thing is not a sprint. It is a marathon. Get your lunch packed up and just steady on. It don't matter if you're, if you're running 90 miles an hour, if you're two miles an hour, you're going to cross the finish line. But I believe 10 years from now, we will look at hell and we will laugh at what we accomplished because we trusted and we believed in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that Gen Zers are going to walk in an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to see the... Think about this. I I think about this. Heidi Baker gets a call to leave Laguna Beach, California. The little rich child. 
vacationing in France, Mexico, Greece. She goes with two children that live in the dirt in Mozambique. And God provided. You know what I believe? That my children will always have a heart to give and to reach beyond themselves because they see it modeled by their father and their mother. Church, I'm leaving you today. We got what it takes. I said we got enough, just enough folk up in this house to cause a holy riot to break out in this city. We're going to train our young kids that, uh, that are in deeper. We're going to take them into deeper water. And then that way Stan don't have to carry the load. Now a 13-year-old knows how to cast out devils, heal the sick, calm somebody down the whole nine yards. They're fully equipped. This is an equipping house. Look at you come to Cornerstone because you want to grow. You come to Cornerstone because we got a diving board at the deep end that you can jump off into. We do not have a kiddie pool. This pool is not three foot deep, but on only sides of the pool. So get yourself out in the deep. The best way to learn how to swim is get your big self up on the diving board and fall off in there and start paddling until you come up top. I'm going to do the first cannonball. Let me tell you what I'm believing for. We're going to build a youth facility in this town. This, I'm, fitting, I'm telling you, I'm finna break it out. This is what I'm believing for. I've looked last week, what does it take to build a trampoline park? I can tell you this. I may not have a trampoline park, but you can, be, you can be, believe this right here. I will have a foam pit that will drown out any foam pit you've ever seen in my children's church room. Y'all don't want no foam pit? I, don't, I really don't like foam pits, and I got the greatest wisdom. First time I ever went to Dream It, Dream It's got a foam pit. And Dusty loved me enough to tell me the truth. He called me and said, do not jump your big behind off in that foam pit. You ain't never getting out. They're going to have to have a crane to get you out there. Because I don't know if you know this, but big people, I mean, foam just crushes on us. That's the revelation right there. Foam does not hold big people up. But I will have me a foam pit. And we're going to have all the unbridled coats swinging from ropes, jumping up into the foam pit. And they're going to learn Jesus when they come out the other side. You with me? Stand to your feet. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the blessing of God upon our lives. We thank you for the blessing of Lord upon this church. I thank you that we serve a God of abundance. You are a God of more than enough. We're not in here trying to survive, but we thrive. I thank you that the blessing of God rests upon my business. It rests upon my house. It rests upon everything that I touch. Increases all over my life. Every day I walk up, every day that I wake up, increases running me down. I thank you that my marriage is blessed. I thank you that my children is blessed. I thank you that my dog is blessed under the power of God. I thank you that every time that I wake up, hell is afraid of me because of you on the inside of me. I thank you that I walk with the wisdom of heaven and creativity follows off of my life in Jesus' name. I bless this offering this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Bring your gift this morning. Listen here. We will see you on Wednesday night. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. 
We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.